This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brother. Everyone and welcome to the Freemasons podcast. I am your host, Right Worshipful Brother George Mudry, and I have an entourage of Masons with me tonight after our meeting. Starting to my left, Brother Jim Rafferty, Brother Rocco, Brother James, Brother Perry, Brother Michael, and we're all up here tonight. And in light of the fact that New England is going to get pounded with a snowstorm this weekend. We decided to move our podcast up a little bit because Sunday might be uh, a little bit tough for everyone to uh, get here. So, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, how to join Freemasonry, including the process that's involved going from basically filling out a petition all the way up to, uh, we're going to start talking about the different characteristics of uh, why men join Freemasonry. And uh, how to retain them. So I'm going to start it off with uh, how to join Freemasonry. Uh, I've actually been approached by, uh, I have to say, the podcast Facebook page has been blowing up the messages with people asking me from all over the country. I think I had one in Greensboro, South Carolina. I had uh, two, two or three in Pennsylvania, Syracuse. They were all over the globe asking me, how do I join? And I can't tell you how many Grand Lodge links I gave. Um one of the links, um, well, actually all of the Grand Lodge links have a link that uh, says how to join Freemasonry um, right when you click on the Grand Lodge. So I gave out a lot of information of Grand Lodges from California, New Mexico, all over the place. And I appreciate everyone who uh, wrote in and uh, was curious about Freemasonry. And I hope that we're giving you some sort of an enlightenment as to the process. But uh, it basically starts like this. Uh, once you find a lodge or a grand lodge and you uh, petition to be a Freemason, um, if you go through an electronic membership request, which is what the state of Connecticut has, as well as many other lodges on their grand lodge site, you click on the link, you submit your email, and within a couple of weeks, depending on the location of where you live, a lodge local to you will, uh, will reach out to you. Um, Process usually started, at least for me, I met with uh, Brother Bob Peck. We met at a local, uh, I think it was Dunkin' Donuts right down the road. And uh, after that, you know, he told me a little bit about the craft. And uh, let's see here, what happened after that? Oh, I filled out a blue petition. Well, in Connecticut, it's a blue form. In other states, it's different, but it's all basically the same, a petition form. Um, after you fill out the petition form, it gets brought to the lodge. Um, and the brothers read over it. Uh, they read over it, and um, they set up an investigation committee. Um, and the investigation committee is usually consists of three uh, three Freemasons, and it could be four, could even be five, could be less than that. And they come out to meet you, and uh, once they uh, meet with you, they most of the time come to your your house or your home, and they will meet your uh, family or whatever, or they don't have to meet you at your home. You can even meet at the lodge. I know what we do is, after we do that whole first process, 
Uh, we usually invite them to dinner prior to our lodge meetings. We've done that with a couple of uh, people who become Freemasons after that. Uh, the lodge committee will eventually come back. And uh, Perry, you've been on a couple lodge committees before. I think, Mike, you've yeah, been absolutely. on a ton of them. Um, and what they do is uh, they'll come and they'll talk about uh, the meeting with you. And they will either tell the lodge favorable or unfavorable. Um, and uh, let's just go over a couple of things that make you unfavorable. Does anybody got any uh, anything on that? Convictions. Uh, yes. Uh, law is actually one of them. If you've been in trouble with the law, um, it's not barring from being a Freemason. Because uh, then again, you know, people have had sketchy pasts. I know I'm one of them. Um, it doesn't entirely bar you from it. But uh, it's definitely something that's looked at. Uh, being an atheist is the number one, number one reason. Uh, all Freemasons believe in a higher power. It doesn't matter what creed you are, but we believe in a higher power. So you have to, uh, you have to believe in something. Um, I also, I think um, another thing would be um, someone who is not willing to uh, make the proper steps and follow the regulations that the fraternity has. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important. It has to be brought up with them. So. Absolutely. Um, we, we have many rules and regulations that uh, basically ask you to conform, to be a good member of society, and to be an upstanding person. Uh, lying, cheating, stealing, all those things are, are no bueno, and uh, that will also bar you. But other than that, there's really nothing that will bar you from being a Freemason. Um, so after the investigation committee reports favorable if they do uh, there'll be a ballot and uh, actually it's funny funny little story but that's where the term getting blackballed comes from is actually a masonic lodge uh, our balloting is white balls and black balls and one black ball will stop at least in the state of connecticut will stop your masonic career for at least six months until you can repetition again um, but if it all comes back in the clear you are basically uh, called by the lodge secretary or the master, whomever it may be, your point of contact. And uh, after that happens, your process will begin. They will start the entered apprentice degree. The first degree of Freemasonry is the entered apprentice degree. You will have to learn ritual, prove proficiency. You'll be moved to the fellow craft degree, and the same rules apply. And then you will take the master mason degree. And that's pretty much the process of joining Freemasonry and getting the ball rolling on it. Um, so let's get into the five characteristics of Freemasonry and I've coined them. I'm going to go over the five again, and then, uh, we'll, we'll touch on each one. Number one, history channel or history in general. Two, family and friend link. Um, we'll get more into that. Military and civil service, uh, helping, uh, community, helping the community. People want to do community service events. And number five I have is retired or doesn't get out much. And uh, we'll start with the first one. Again, I'll start with the first one. I'll kind of talk on it because I am a history channel baby. Um, that's what I coined myself. <laughs> that's what really turned me on. I talked about it in the last two podcasts. But uh, I believe people are, uh, men join it because they're, draw they're drawn by the mystique of the craft. Uh, what's this all about? What's this, what's this symbol mean? Oh, what's on the back of the dollar bill? That's the big one. Um, they're drawn to the history of the craft. Uh, we have a long-standing history of Freemasonry. Um, and I added this one in because I had to, but because it's pasted all over the History Channel right now. Drawn by the Knights Templar. I think uh, the, in, at least in a lot of shows now, uh, stop me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, Freemasonry has been synonymous with the ancient Knights Templar. Uh, and I do think it's kind of funny that we have a Templar order in Freemasonry, but yeah, totally. I think that's uh, that's really interesting. And um, to add to that point um, with the history, that's another reason why I kind of joined was because uh, the American Revolution. Um, my grandmother always taught um, me about the Revolutionary War when I was growing up, so I was interested in that and knowing that. Our founding fathers like George Washington and countless amounts of um, people who were very influential in the Revolutionary War, um, I've always felt I was drawn to that. And once I found out that Freemasonry was actually a part of that, 
it was it was intriguing to me. Actually, one of the founding fathers of Freemasonry in Connecticut was David Worcester. We have a picture of him in the other room, and he was a Revolutionary War hero who mm -hmm. fought at the Battle of Ridgefield and died. Died. Yep. Uh, he was shot during that battle when the the British showed up at um, Campo Beach. Campo Beach in Westport. Westport. They marched all the way up. They burned Danbury to the ground. Yep. And uh, it was David Worcester and a bunch of his other little uh, rebel friends, and they lit him up at Ridgefield. <laughs> I don't know if they won the war. I don't know if they won that battle, but uh, they, they intercepted him and lit him up. Um, and I think another, and another one I have is actually, I believe a lot of people are drawn negatively to Freemasonry by this whole New World Order thing. We pretty much went over the conspiracy theory thing last time. But I think many that that is, it's negative mystique. They they are drawn to it um, because they think that we're doing something that's new world order crap. Um, and then I think once they get here and they realize it's not what it what they think it is, some maybe stay, some maybe don't. So, George, you mentioned the uh, History Channel. But there's also, what year did Da Vinci Code come out? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Uh, I think 08. 08? I think so. Potentially. Uh, fact check. <laughs> uh, oh, while we're on the subject of fact checks, the last podcast, I totally messed up. The American uh, Declaration of Independence was 1775, not 1776. And was it ratified to August? Oh, the other way? I did it the other way? Again. I did it again? It oh, Jesus. It, it, and it wasn't ratified till August 10th, 1775. But again, to my point yeah. of the whole Illuminati, the American Revolution was already rolling. The Bunker Hill already happened. So Da Vinci Code 06. Da Vinci Code came out in 06. I, yeah, that definitely took... That was a, that was a big yeah, one. Yeah. That was a big one. Um, I'd like to do a whole lecture. I think probably we'll do it next week on... Or not lecture, podcast on the Knights Templar. Because there's so many things that people don't know about them. Um, I did. I know I did a lecture in our lodge about it. And uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that. It was pretty wild. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Um, but with that being said, uh, talking about how to retain members, especially for this. How do we retain people who are into the history, into the history channel and all this stuff? How do we retain them? Uh, just what I said. Doing lectures on this stuff. Doing, um, uh, kind of going over the history of it. And even if it's complete bullshit and there's no real connection between the Knights Templar and the, and the um, Freemasons or you know, Brothers of Crucians or Illuminati or, or Alchemy or any of these orders that kind of blended into Freemasonry, even if there's no real solid connection, it still gets the Lodge talking about something other than nothing. So that's that's what I have on that one. Uh, I'm actually going to turn uh, this one over to Mike. Um, and basically this second one is uh, the family and friend link. A um, couple things. Uh, Mike, you are what? Third generation? Third generation. You have a Lewis Jewel? Yes, I do. Okay. And that's, uh, I'm going to get into that too, but uh, they're drawn because their father, brother, whatever etc friend is a is a is a mason and that's what got him into it i made the, i think i made the connection last time with henry and uh i think he found a ring of his father's that was masonic and he went asking you know worship brother phil what the hell is this i i don't know my father was a mason um and i think it's kind of a i don't know maybe you could chime in here you're uh it's kind of an honor, yeah. I guess. My, mine's a little different than Henry. I grew up knowing my grandfather was a Mason, knowing <laughs> my grand my father was. Um, my grandfather really wasn't active in Blue Lodge, what we call is, is the first three degrees. He was involved in more of the um, like the uh, Masonic camping because they used to have a campground up in Massachusetts. So we went there in the summers when we were growing up. He did cross country. He went all over the world because when he was growing up and when my father was, he worked for the state, so he couldn't make regular meetings. But growing up, my father was a, he's a past master of uh, Nartek Lodge, so Shepherd Salem, 78. So I grew up knowing about it. I grew up n knowing a lot of the friends. So it was different than a lot of what we call legacies. When you're three generations, they refer to us as legacies because it's, it's three unbroken generations. Um, so 
there's that. I knew that growing up. Um, but actually, um, my grandfather's grandfather was also a Mason. So we've had a long standing going back 160 something years that I know of. There could be more, but uh, yeah, so it's an honor. The things I've seen in the last almost 12 years now is just very interesting. <laughs> and we have uh, Brother Dan in the house. He just walked in. Back for the second time. <laughs> Speaking a little closer to Mike this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, and basically with your father and with your family so involved in Freemasonry, it, it sparked an interest in you. And uh, so I'm going to basically do what I think uh, is how to retain membership, and maybe you guys can chime in after that. But uh, I think one of the major things to do, especially if you have a member of your lodge that specifically came to join Freemasonry because of his father, um, I know in, in, in the Grand Lodge of the State of Connecticut, uh, and I did it actually for the charter member of this lodge with Abel Wheeler. I went down to the Grand Lodge. I said, hey, I have a brother, Abel Wheeler, who is the charter member of Morningstar Lodge. Uh, I want some information on him. They were actually able to go into their index, pull out his information when he was born, when he was accepted, passed, raised, and when he died, the lodges he belonged to, including any appending bodies that he belonged to. Yeah, it's all in the Grand Lodge, in the state of Connecticut anyway. And I'm sure every state Grand Lodge maybe is different. Um, but yeah, you can find out any information. And the way to retain that brother who comes wanting to know about his father is to have a whole meeting night. Let's discuss brother Mike Mester's father. And I'll tell you, you'll have a brother for life. You'll have a mason for life if you do something in Lodge specifically for him. That's, that's in my opinion... That's huge. Even a Lewis Jewel presentation. Well, I was uh, I can talk about that in a second, but I also like my nephew will be eligible in three years. He's known for the last five, six years. I've talked to him about it, gauging the interest. So we also have to retain the next generation too yeah. to keep this moving. Otherwise, yeah. we're not. Getting new people that aren't affiliated is great, but if we don't keep continuing the lines, yeah. I think we're dropping the ball. Well, yeah, to that point too. Uh, I actually had a discussion through text message with uh, another brother. And uh, I asked him, I said, hey, what do you think of the podcast? And he said, uh, it's good. He goes, but uh, I don't know if the older brothers are going to appreciate it. <laughs> and I said to him, well, uh, it won't matter in 20 years. Because if we don't start attracting new, younger members now, this is all for naught. Their opinion ain't going to matter in 20 years because they're not going to be the ones filling the chairs in the lodge. So if I drop an F-bomb or, or I'm, I'm acting out of out of place, you know, on this. Did you drop an F-bomb? Never. I'm shocked. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, uh, if you don't make this fun, you're not drawing anything. And again, I've listened and I'm you know, not trying to knock anybody else but i've heard other masonic podcasts and it's very stoic and and and, oh, and that's great you know that they're giving good information and they're very stoic and polite and they do that i don't want to go that route because i'm not looking for the 40 50 60 year old guy i'm looking for the 20 30 40 year old guy who you know that's that's what is going to keep this craft moving um that's pretty much what this podcast was geared at. So uh, that's pretty much how I presented it to that brother. So, uh, well, you know, he's not my target our, our audience. I would love it. And I hope that uh, we always talk about the joke of the angry past masters. And uh, <laughs> that's not the way we used to do it in Lodge. But it is true. You know, we need to evolve. We need to change. So military and civil service. I'm calling on you, brother Dan. Well, I was in the military too, but we also could go back to the Lewis Jewel. But I guess we're going forward. Oh, I forgot about the Lewis Jewel. I was looking it up now. Um, I was trying to find on the, the state when it actually approved. I think I got mine about maybe ten years ago. I was one of the first to get it when the state finally approved it because it was, from what I understand it, this is secondhand knowledge. They were going back and forth for about twenty years on getting this approved. Now, for those who don't understand what a Lewis Jewel is, a Lewis Jewel is um, if you got into lodge. If your father was uh, in good service, in good name, 
of masonry. He got in. You get a jewel that has when he went in and when you went in. So it's two name plates by um, two chains between the two, and then there's a, a special jewel in the bottom, which uh, I'm looking up what it is now. Um, I never really understood it because the background is a little iffy, but um, what the Connecticut State lists is a Lewis jewel is a simple but ingenious device employed by operative masons to raise heavy blocks of stone into place. It consists of three metal parts, two wedge-shaped side pieces and a straight center piece that it fits together. Um, a dovetail recess is cut into the top of the stone block mortise. The two outer pieces are inserted first and then spread. And it goes down further and gives all stuff. But basically what it is is the, the younger generation helps lift up the, the younger generation to make their lives easier. So that's what the Lewis Jewel represents. So you go up, you push it up. There's some states I've heard to actually go further and do it three generations. The state of Connecticut, I probably think will never approve that because the gears move slowly in the state. But um, I've looked at it. Technically, I'd apply for that because that fits. But also, like, it is. You, you see them, they're all different depending on when we got them. The first couple generations, I'm probably going to have to replace mine in the near future because it's just, it was cheaply made when they first got here. They're a lot better now and they're a lot bigger. But um, it's an honor. If you go around, you'll notice because then you'll notice that that means that their father or uncle or something. But usually, it's only for fathers and grandfathers. So it's kind of a cool jewel to have. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely something that would make a new mason look forward to um, coming into lodge. Um, so I'm going to move on to number three. And again, I'm calling on you. You're yes. in the Army. I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Military or civil service. And what I mean by military and civil service is, you know, we have police officers, ambulance corps, fire, mar uh, fire marshal, <laughs> fire departments, um, and military, any branch that uh, especially, you know, after World War One and World War II, World War Two, I can't speak tonight, um, <laughs> there was a major flux of people joining Freemasonry. And I firmly believe that it was because, um, you know, in the military, you have a brotherhood, Absolutely. regardless of what branch it is. Absolutely. And uh, I think when you get out of the military, you kind of lose that. You lose that in touch with uh, your with brothers. Going well, <laughs> through the military, it definitely builds bonds that and it, it builds bonds that can never be broken that you go through an experience that not everyone goes through and masonry builds or instills the exact same thing and when it comes down to it it is something that not that it's secretive or anything like that but people who aren't in the military a lot of times don't get the brotherhood and the the togetherness of being with a bunch of guys that whether it's you know, fighting in wars or just BSing when you have downtime. It's a different type of bond. And when it comes to masonry, it's this, it's a very, very similar type of bond. Our worshipful master, brother, uh, worshipful, worshipful brother? Worshipful brother. He's a worshipful Ryan. brother now. <laughs> He's going to kill me when he hears that. Um, <coughs> worshipful brother Ryan is the one who, our worshipful master now is the one who actually got me in. And that was one of his main pitches. You know, he didn't want to divulge too much information in his big pitch whenever I asked because not for nothing, I was hanging out with him. We'd go to the bars and he'd come in after a meeting and I'd be dressed down and he'd come into a regular bar in a full suit and I'd look at him or in a tuxedo. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? We're in a dive bar and you're in a tuxedo. Dude, you're not here to impress anybody. Yeah, like what the fuck's going on? And he would literally say, it's you were in the military. You know what this brotherhood is like. The only thing I can tell you is bits and pieces and join. It's something you're going to enjoy. You And I, I love information. I love the history behind it and kind of diving into what it comes down to. And basically what he did was he was like, if you're really into it and you want to stop asking me questions and start getting answers to the questions that I can't give you answers to, fill out this petition and join. I'll tell you what, and I actually did. I visited. That's the other thing is you don't have to join to go and kind of in the beginning of a meeting, meet all the brothers. He 
basically introduced me to all the brothers before a meeting. We have a dinner before the meetings, every meeting, and I sat there and BS and just bullshit with a bunch of the brothers. And I found out that a lot of our lodge, at least, is was at the time ton of military active members. And once I started bullshitting with all of you guys, exactly that. I saw the camaraderie. I said, you know what? Sign me up. Right. Let's do this. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, I noticed in the Marine Corps, you had a you the band of brothers, and then you yeah. come here, and uh, I meet uh, I meet Masons like uh, Brother Rafferty over here, who decides to park his Cadillac literally <laughs> on the back of my damn car. Kissing that. <laughs> there was room in front of you. You should go forward, Mark. <laughs> Um, how do we retain, how do we retain these, this particular characteristic of men? How do we retain them? What do you mean by that? How do we keep them here? So we have a, we have a guy came out of the military, pick a branch. Doesn't matter. It came out of the military, matter. joins Freemasonry because he's looking for brotherhood. How do we get him from saying this sucks? I'm leaving. Why the hell am I coming here? All they do is bitch about the minutes. Nobody wants to approve it. And uh, not my minutes. Nobody bitches about my minutes. My minutes are pristine. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody spends too much money all the time. Yeah. Not me. You're next, by the way. But how do we retain them? It's this. It's, the com it's meeting after meetings and before meetings. Like I said, when I met everybody, it wasn't the Masonic ritual that got me to join it was the bullshitting beforehand the bullshitting afterwards right. the as former junior warden if you feed them they will come right <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter what it is that's yeah, great that's uh i also think and this is just me and this goes for pretty this could be across the board this anything communication to me is key i love the brotherhood brotherhood and again I spoke on this the last meeting and I touched on it and we have a group app. I'm not going to name the group app, but it's called the group app. All right. Where it's in, because the problem we ran into with iPhones and group messaging is you got one brother who's got Samsung and then you get a thread of 3000 of text messages and it just turned to just, just shit. So actually, uh, brother Rocco, you're the one who actually got us onto this app and all of our Mason brothers are in this uh, app. And it's literally just all day talking shit. And yes, <laughs> we're, we're calling each other names and I'm going to come beat your asses and all these things. Or, or you get pictures of butt cheeks all around the thing <laughs> two of, the of two brothers who have identical cheeks. birthmarks in certain parts of their bodies. And we won't get into those two, right? But... Uh, <laughs> But the point remains is that even if it's just screwing around, we're all doing it together. We all talk nonstop. And that guy who just came back from Iraq or Afghanistan needs that. Mm -hmm. Needs that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, my, uh, that's my thing on it. Um, sure. You're next. Oh, I'll, go ahead, Rob. I'm going to throw in there and, uh, and tell you, you know, I moved to Connecticut five five six years ago i didn't have too many friends here i didn't know anyone but i looked up the lodge i uh i came in for a meeting i met with uh brother phil and uh you know it wasn't a huge lodge at the time we weren't we weren't busting at the seams um no i yeah i joined at the same time we definitely yeah. weren't busting at the seams and, and it was uh you know some it was hard to get some brothers there sometimes but um, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, I mean, having, having everyone together bullshitting on that app, um, that made a difference too. Because, uh, like on Facebook, you can't just say things, um, but we privately, amongst brothers, we can say whatever we want. And I apologize for the background noise. Uh, I was filling up everybody's cocktail glasses, and uh, I skipped a brother, and yeah, I got thanks, called sir. out on it. So, thanks. I apologize for that. <laughs> um you're next. I'm calling on you. And this is uh, number four. Helping the community. You are our community hub for yeah. shit that we do to spend money in the community. And uh, I want to know. I want to hear about it. Go ahead. Uh, I've been in it, Brother Jim. 
I've been involved in plenty of organizations through the years, and uh, they all turn into. Before he we said, even uh, do that, or Seymour is, you know, where we're representing, and I know where your our lodge is from. Just to throw that out there again, because I know you're, that's the community that you're big into right now. Absolutely, A- anything to do with the valley here in Connecticut. Um, but I've been involved in plenty of other community organizations, and it always turns into. No, we don't want to do that now until the favorite person wants to do it. Or that's not a good idea because it didn't come from the number one person. Where um, Brother James joined and talked about it and got piqued my interest to get me to join. And uh, I came in pretty much guns a-blaze and wanting to do stuff. It's an understatement. <laughs> Spending money is this man's specialty. I, uh, Getting things done. Yeah. That too. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I do have a flair for absolutely. spending the money, especially when it's not my own. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, but that's also why we have such great events. Understand, I understand, though, that money is going to the, the community. community. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, not for I, nothing, enjoy doing I break it. balls because On this, we okay. constantly talk about, right. you know, the budget is a big issue. But. Not for nothing, every event that we spend money on, whether it is something small or big, Raff, you always have a great reason behind it. While we're on Rafferty, I also want to throw out Brother Perry's name over here because uh, you just decided on a whim that, you know what, I want to do something for the community, and you bought two bikes in December. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a raffle, free raffle, and uh, basically... Giveaway. 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 I call it raffle because we use raffle tickets, all right? It's a giveaway. giveaway. It's our local Cub Scout. Oh, yep, we did also uh, sponsor the local Cub Scout. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a candy giveaway at Halloween where uh, the famous Scarecrow from the last podcast <laughs> was out. Uh, I'm never going to lose that. No, you're not. not. <laughs> of course, we march in both of the, both of the parades for the town. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to do with the town, we try to get involved with now. Uh, it gets our name out there. It shows... The Brotherhood, and uh, we actually have great turnout of the brothers coming to events now. Increasing. And we're getting anywhere from 12 to 18 guys showing up to what could be an all-day event. Our car show is an all-day event. It's It's getting bigger every year, too. Yes, it is. Um, The first year we did 60. The second year we doubled. We, yeah, we, were, we, we got were, almost 120. Yeah. And uh, wow. we brought in over th- uh, 3,000 plus, right? Yes, we're we're approaching. This year, we should be around the 5,000 mark. That's a lot. And actually, uh, and all that money does go back to the kids. The lodge takes nothing out of it. Right. Um, we also, with that, it goes to the car club. It goes to the performing arts because... The kids in the performing arts come out and spend the day and play live music at the car show. The kids from the car club itself actually bring the cars that they build out. And uh, I touched on this uh, on I think the first podcast that I did. I didn't really know much about it because you were kind of like the uh, you were kind of the the ex officio leader of that whole uh, thing. So yeah, and this is our future that we're helping. Um, (laughs) Yes, there are boys and girls in the car club, but it's peaking an interest where they're seeing the good that we're doing for them and they enjoy what we do with them. Uh, there's a very good camaraderie. The trophies. Um, the kids made trophies. We'll touch on the car show later on in a later podcast. When well, yeah. it comes close. Male or female, those kids are seeing the benefits of community service firsthand. Right. So whether they decide they might want to join Masonry later, they might want to join something else, it will give them more of an opportunity or a desire to give back of their own their own lives and their own time when they're able to. Right. And I think that that's really the bigger goal is to do something for your community so that your community wants to do something for others as well. And it, it spreads like that. And you, Brother uh, James, you actually did a uh, CT chip event. You want to uh, touch on that? 
Yeah, we've we did a couple. We've done a couple of CT yeah. chip events. Now, the CT chip we did at the pumpkin, the Seymour Pumpkin Fest. Um, and, and you know what? I love that. I mean, um, you know, and, and it was kind of funny because, you know, parents are walking by and we're saying, oh, it says CT chip. We're going to chip your children. Oh, that's funny. I can see the conspiracy theorists going wild right now. What? You're going to chip my kid? No, but um, in all seriousness, it was, uh, it, it was basically just a disc we handed to a parent, and we kept nothing on file um, of that child, but we took a picture of the child, we took DNA swab, we, uh, we took fingerprints, and, and we took an interview uh, with their voice print on it. So then, you know, that parent loses that child. They have something at home. They can just hand something to the authorities. And we're, right. we're really lucky. We've been doing this program in Connecticut, I think, almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. We have never had, no parent has ever had to use it. But it's a good thing to have. It's a peace of mind. And I can't tell you how many paramedics came by our booth to, chip, to go through the process with their own kids. Yeah. And uh, that, that taught me that we were doing the right thing. So uh, I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. How do we retain them? Do community service stuff. Like keep it going. Keep it going. Fun stuff. Fun, fun stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah, fun. Keeping um, everybody involved in it. And, and keep changing it and learning from every experience. If we keep it at the same level, right. no one's want to want to come back every year. Right. The last two years, the car show, we've learned a lot of. Lessons. What to do and what not, not to do. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how? The other one to the list. We have the, uh, <clears throat> the Monroe Penguin Plunge. Yes. Yeah, we're yes. Yeah, we're actually up. doing that in uh, March. April. 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 Thirty-seven degree weather, and basically a bow tie and swim shorts in yeah. Wolf Park. Oh, and, don't forget uh, the apron. The apron too. Yeah, we the were, apron, yeah, yeah, that's right. We wore we wore our, our white cotton aprons, and let me tell you, I couldn't feel my legs for four hours after jumping in that water. All right. Um, funny little story to this. Uh, we also march in uh, the Christmas parades, and uh, we we march in tuxedo, and we wear Santa hats, and we throw out candy canes. And uh, my kids, I got the four kids, and they were all there at the uh, on the side watching Daddy go by. And uh, brother Raph over here decides to bullseye my kid with freaking candy. <laughs> so it became a competition as to how hard we can whip the candy. At. You also but, got the first selectman, too. Yes, yes. You peppered the first selectman. Yes, absolutely. Didn't we run out before oh, the end, too? Fun. We never oh, make it to the oh, end. I don't even think oh, we make it two-thirds of the way. Which one of us is not allowed to hand candy out? Or is, is monitored candy? Uh, I also make the joke quite frequently that... Uh, Again, and again, all all kidding and fun, but I love saying it because I think it's hilarious. And uh, the Knights of Columbus was actually created by the Catholic Church to prevent people from joining Freemasonry. So they came up with an order of Knights Columbus with three degrees, and their uniforms are basically modeled off of the Knights Templar uniform as well as the ritual. Um. And I always make the joke that I wish we could march in front of them on horseback and feed all the horses tacos the night before <laughs> so they'd have to walk through it. I love it. I think we're still about five years away from that, George. Yeah. Ah, it'll be hilarious, though. I think a, a few more of us have to get into the nice Templar before we can do that. I want to open up. Can we just walk goats? Yes! <laughs> Perfect. Goats would be perfect. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the conspiracies just went, oh boy. Can we ride the goats, though? You gotta get big goats. Especially for dying. Especially I know a dying. guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. All right, so... Uh, you know I lots of guys. <laughs> I think we can uh, pretty much put a, uh, a fork in that one. And my fifth one, and my last one I have for why men join Freemasonry is uh, the retired. And don't get out much. And when I mean retired, I don't mean retired as in I'm 80 years old or 70 years old and I'm retired. Uh, again, this kind of falls back on the civil service people. Yeah. Uh, and yes. Military veterans. A lot of police officers retire like what? The age of 40? Mm -hmm. Does anyone know anyone who retires anymore? No one retires. Cops. No, okay. No, police and Cops. fire department. <laughs> we have a brother who's a, a part of the Grand Lodge, uh, Right Worshipful Shane. I'm not going to use the last name, of course. Um... But uh, he retired as a police officer. Twice, I think. Twice. Yeah. And still went and got another job 
if as a police officer. You don't retire to you retire to something. You don't retire. Right. Period. Right. That's, that's the life I mean, we live now. That's but my point is, is that no. you know he he retired and he obviously got another job because he needed something to do. You know, and there's not nothing saying that these retired you know, uh, men or brothers, once they become brothers, won't search search for, or find another job or find something else to do. But this is, you know, something that they could be geared to. Uh, I know our lodge is brand new. They could be up here doing stuff in the lodge and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, you also have uh, the brother who doesn't get out much or, or you know, a, a man who doesn't get out much. Leave he anything else for anyone else, George? You finished the watch pretty much yourself. Yeah, uh, because I'm one of those people that can't just put shit down and walk away. Because I'll sit at home and I'll stew on it all night long. I'm like, <laughs> the freaking wall's half painted. The wall's half painted. It's driving thought, me nuts. I thought, I thought it was because you can't sleep more than three hours without going twitchy. And, right. And there you go. You're just selling the whole thing to retirement. You right. Know, most of the guys that are drawn to Freemasonry. I am not retired, by the way. Disclaimer. <laughs> most of the guys that are drawn to Freemasonry um, because are not the type to put down their sword, right? That's For it. Love. Yeah, that's, that's it. actually great. Right. Grandmaster great is a good case. Right. He's retired at one or two times and still active in what four or five bodies besides regular masonry. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those when you dive, especially going York and Scottish, right? When you dive into it. You can literally have Masonic things to do all month long. Yeah, seven days a week. Seven days yeah. a week. Yeah. And if you really want to dedicate yourself to it, you can retire. And if you are comfortable to retire, you can have something to do with a brotherhood all year round, seven days a week, and dedicate yourself to another, yeah. to something that is meaningful not only to yourself but to exactly what we've been talking about to community in the world in and the world actually until yeah. you get the dues card and realize you have to get a part-time job yeah. to pay for <laughs> all your dues, dues. Yeah. Well, and it's one thing that we tell new brothers i think all the time is you can be as involved as you want to be yes so you want your participation obviously that's what you're here for but being as involved as you want means that i mean you can you can take all the tabs you can you couldn't learn all of this in a lifetime. Yes. You couldn't learn it all in two mm -hmm. lifetimes. So as much as you put in is what you get out. Yeah, I agree. And it's up to you. And in, in going back to what you or other question of how to retain people, it's to give them not only the opportunity but the encouragement to mm -hmm. seek that. Whether you're coming here because you're, um, you know, separated military or, or you know you, you have a military background mm -hmm. and you want to have that camaraderie, <coughs> um, you want to do something for your community, but you can't find an organization that can get up off their ass and do it. Right. Um, you know, what was the first one? The History Channel, all right? Mm -hmm. We don't do it in lodge, but after lodge, we'll sit around at the bar and we'll talk about aliens, <laughs> <laughs> Oak Island. I, th I think that's I a mean, whole other series of that's, podcasts. That's, I know, that's slated for uh, three months from now. I, just, I saw George's notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, right after three weeks. Three, three weeks. I thought Oak three Island weeks. was its own series. The trick is providing new brothers with what they came here for. Right. And those are the things that we should be doing because those are the things that brought us all in for different reasons. I, I think also we should sometimes just think of, we all have different interests. Some of the stuff I like, the rest of you might have not a freaking idea Star or Wars. any interest in. Star Wars. But um, no? <laughs> sometimes we just have to like do stuff in Lodge that might not, everyone might not have liked, but it might bring that one retired person or anyone, any of the five categories, to want to keep coming back to see if we're going to hit that item again. Yeah. There's things, uh, like I said, George and I have been in Lodge now over 10 years. There's things I've seen that I'm going, why the crap did we do that? Or and there's other stuff, why haven't we done that more? Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I'm, on, I'm on my second Lodge. This group is a lot closer, a lot more wanting to do stuff than my first Lodge. The first Lodge, you went down there five minutes before the meeting started. And then it, you just leave. But when I first got there, yeah. What? It's so if you communicate with your lodge yeah. about what you want, yeah. And if you're not getting it, say, hey, can we do more of that? Right. You know, I mean, you have to speak up too. It's not. Yeah. It's not only the lodge's responsibility to provide entertainment for new guys. It's their responsibility yeah. to say, hey, this is what I'm here for. Are we doing this? Right. Well, yeah, you're, now you just appointed yourself the head of that committee, Chief. Right, now, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, Jim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, some, so, and sometimes you know. it's also the age demographic. Uh, I've, I've gone to lodges where the median age is 65 or older. 
Right. Our lodge is definitely not that. Our lodge is what probably 30. late thirties, mid to late. We, we keep pulling down at this point because we keep getting some of the younger, some of the older. But right. we're about mid thirties, which I think that's a lot of the issue in Connecticut because there's a lot of lodges where either the higher age or the close to where you petition. They know a lot of stuff. Yeah. Too. Some yeah. of them you just look and go. I went to a lodge I think in Torrington. Um, one of the degrees has a lecture. Mm-hmm. It's a seven generations that's done the lecture. So they've passed it down seven generations. And I'm going... There's a lot of lodges that actually don't even have ritual books in other states. Everything is passed on word of mouth. And there's no reading to the book and, oh, I forgot my line. No. You need to learn that ritual and it's passed down from generation to generation. On top of that, I think it's a lot of it is lodge communication. And uh, doing exactly what we're doing right now is besides recording a podcast... We're throwing this stuff out there, and we're all going to go home and be like, huh, that was a good point. Uh, that made sense. That applied to me. And that's pretty much you know, the same thing. Or you come up with idea, and you text George and go, wow, why didn't we think of this? And then the next day you go, well, now I remember why we didn't think of that. My phone does not stop. Let me <laughs> understand that. Um, so I'm going to throw it out here. And uh, what are we looking for time, Rocco? We got 45 minutes for us. How long are you going? Oh, we're, we're in 45 minutes. We're oh, in, I thought you meant we got 45 more minutes no, to go. No, I'm like, no, whoa. We're in 45 minutes. Got it, got it. All right, all right. So uh, I'm going to throw it out, and I, I put it on uh, the podcast um, Facebook page. And please, if you're on, uh, if you're listening to this, go to, uh, you can go to Instagram, or you can go to Facebook, and we are called the Free Mason Podcast. Um, please like us, share us. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, write reviews, um, even criticism. Uh, it's fine because you know what? We'll take that and we'll improve on it. I don't mind criticism. Uh, just don't tell us stuff like... Uh, just you know, don't tell George he's wrong. Yeah. No, 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 not even that. Uh, I'm not trying to make anybody famous, but I had somebody You'll who's... You'll get a two-hour lecture. I had somebody yeah, I whose think. rationality a couple weeks ago is... You're all pigs and you shouldn't join us. And I'm not going to make this guy famous, but I basically lambasted him uh, back and forth. And I pretty much asked him. It was a setup. I'm not going to lie. I set his ass up. I love conspiracy theorists because I'm, I'm a sniper. I'm like a viper in the grass just waiting for you to rock by. And I said, uh, please explain to me uh, why we're all pigs. And he said, there's a million reasons. It's okay. Fire him off. And uh, he had, he basically said, uh, oh, uh, I don't even want to bring it up. I got to bring it up. I got to bring it up. I have to because it's, oh, God. this was my proudest moment. Here we go. Okay. I have to. This I thought that'd be your not, kids. Not that I have four yeah, right. children. No. Yeah. Not my no. proudest moment that I had or, four or that, or that you're the I'm past. I'm the proudest <laughs> moment <laughs> in regards. Yeah, or or that you're the past master of Morningstar or the past uh, eminent grand commander right. of New Haven Commandery. I said, okay, so fire away. And the first thing I put up was a picture of the bikes that we raffled off for free. The second one was a picture of the high school money, or not the money, but the high school, you know. Check donation. Not even the check no, donation. No, it was it actually. It was a group picture. It was a group picture um, of all of us with, you know, Mason. The, high school, the, the, the clubs. The clubs, the yeah, clubs. the money we donated. Yeah. And I said, uh, so there's free bikes we raffled off to our community for free, uh, for free in the top photo. And there's the high school. Students, we raised three hundred or three thousand dollars plus for. So please let me know how we're pigs. And he said uh, a couple other things, and we fired back and forth. And uh, there's a couple uh, things I just want to quickly dispel. He said, um, you know, there's nobody of color in your lodge. And I said, well, that's funny. I said because here's a picture of the night that brother. Uh, Howard Luna and Joe Antoine, which uh, I'll get into him later because he's hysterical, were, were raised Master Masons, and I actually was the master for that. So what else you got? And he said um, something about the Eastern Star picture in the background. And I said, okay, so wait a minute. Your argument went to we're pigs. Then it went to we don't have people of color, which I disproved. Um, and I'd like to do a whole uh, uh, podcast on... Prince. Uh, Prince Hall Freemasons, and uh, I really want to go into that because uh, I have a lot of friends and brothers who are Masons who are black. What do you mean? The some of the most famous Richard Pryor, uh-huh. Shaquille O'Neal, yep. Nelson Mandela. I mean, you, when you go through Richard Pryor and Nelson Mandela, are probably the two opposite 
it's far from opposite, at least uh, right. political, polar cur- yeah, polar right. opposites. And they were both Masons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really want to go into color? There is no argument, right. and I wish I wish we had some Prince Hall members that we, we could I, I know. bring up, and I'm sure we will later on. But it's one of these where, it, when it comes to something of race, it it can't be not for nothing. I in, in, I can tell you in it's, in it's Masonic not, lodges, it's it's not existing. Not existing, especially whatsoever. in this lodge. We'll throw you down the stairs. Yeah, basically. I can't even um, imagine. I that think this is it's like, and we got one pretty badass Tyler sword that'll be put to use yeah, as well. So, it's just, it's, but that actually aggravated me a lot when that I saw you seen that post. The, your, uh, the, your my responses, the, the responses. But let me tell you, it just frustrated me when it came to race because not for nothing. Without disclosing, to I am a minority. Like, I am a minority, and I'm part of this lodge, and I, it has never even come up in question. I thought you were Italian. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Puerto Rican, right? I just messed but around. Se- on a serious note, it has never once even been, it, it never are? got brought up whatsoever in the slightest bit. And that frustrated me so much when I saw him comment that. Yeah. I I almost wish I would have been it's seen that discussion earlier just to throw all the statistics and the facts. That was one of the things, especially in our lodge. Like I say, it just frustrated me so much because as a minority of a lodge like this, and for someone to come at you, granted, yes, in the picture that he brought up, it is all light-skinned <laughs> people, all right? It is all, and I'm not the darkest minority all there right. is, but it just... But you it know that boggled, it's not an issue here. It boggled right. my mind it for it to have it. ever it's, been brought yeah. up. It's completely fine because I lambasted him through no, the rest I know, of that. Yeah, I, 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 I tore I his ass from the from the ground up all the way. Yeah. So, but let me tell you a little bit about uh, Joe. I actually, uh, who in here has met Joe? I haven't. No. Antoine, anybody? No. Joe Antoine. I think I might have. Uh, I don't think so. It might have been before your time. I was yeah. master of the lodge, and I brought in Joe. Um. He he moved to uh, Georgia, but he he um so he's not a member of this lodge anymore. He moved to Georgia and he had a little baby and he's he's down south with his smart for him. Uh, moved down south because uh, <laughs> Connecticut is taxi to death state. But we'll move on from that. Um, I'm going to tell a little story about Joe and Joe was probably my favorite Mason in this entire lodge because because uh, I used to call him Bait. And let me explain why. Me and a couple of Masons went out to the bar after Lodge. And uh, this dude was a chick magnet. Oh, yeah? The, there, was, uh, there was, like, he walked in the bar. Again, we're all in suits. We're all walking in. We're just kind of having a good time. He's with us and everything. And he's sitting there at the bar. Sitting there at the bar, and I'm, I'm, I walk over. I don't know who was I with. I think I might have been with, with Phil. I, th- I think I might have been with Brother Phil. And we walk away. We come back to go see Joe. It was his night of his fellow craft degree, right? And there's like five chicks just swarming him. And I'm like, holy, like, how did he do that? We walked away for five minutes. So, but uh, I miss Brother Joe, actually. He was he was good peeps. Um he was a good brother, and I haven't talked to him in quite some time because he's uh, he's down south. But uh, all right, so moving on, I want to move on to questions. Uh, I, I was going to explain uh, that that one that you've lambasted. I believe that's a lot of those history people who believe everything that history says. How many times? Have no, we... no, 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 no. That's YouTube. Oh, that too. But how many times have we watched something that on History Channel? And go, oh, here now we're going to get blamed for something else. Or, oh, the Ill- Illuminati are definitely full-on Masons and they're still active. And them and the Knights Templar are going to take over everything. It's like, Hey, listen, um, Mike, before we start stepping back into yeah. the conspiracy yeah. stuff, George, did you get rid of the goat rodeo picture? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> what goat rodeo picture? I don't remember the goat Man. rodeo picture. Exactly. I that's actually put up. That's because he got kicked in the head again. On the podcast, I actually put up a funny one today. I thought, I, I laughed anyway. Um... But uh, it was a picture of a mason. Did you guys see this one? Yes, I did. You see that one? It says, yes, uh, are you a yeah. mason? And it's a, uh, the mason's wife staring at him saying, where have you been? And he's got his hand up, pointed at her face. And it says, uh, a mason cannot tell. And I hashtagged uh, right before the first punch. 
didn't live to tell the story. Quickest way to die. And uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. So let's get into some questions from uh, people who've uh, wrote in. And uh, number one is going to be, ah, Mr. Joe. Uh, he was actually going to come here tonight. Yes. Uh, Brother Joe was going to come here from uh, uh, Ashlar Aspatuck. And uh, he writes in, if I can find it. He was going to come tonight? Yeah. He was going to come tonight. I was actually just going to bring it up. Oh, here we go. Got it. His question is, would you... I'm putting this out to all the brothers here at the table. Would you rather lower the standards to grow membership or uphold the standards and potentially shrink membership? What standards? Meaning, make it easier to become a Mason. Make the process to get involved or maybe do away with, you know, if some lodges do background checks. Or do you, uh, oh, you don't got to, that, that ritual that you have to learn in between the degrees? All right, you don't got to learn that. I think that's pretty much what he's driving mm. at. Uh, I'm going to leave the floor open. I think, or, 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 you know, our, the past generation, our fathers, our grandfathers, right? Masonry was more of a hidden art. It was mm. more of a hidden thing that you didn't t- t- talk to your kids about. Yeah. You know, so that, that also contributes. Actually, speaking on that point, I actually, uh, I know uh, a girl that I knew a long time ago, actually, when I first joined, she was, oh my God, you're a Mason, da 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 da. My father was a Mason. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Do you know any, and she was said almost to that exact same point. No, I just know that twice a month, he had a meeting. And it's one of these where it, I agree, because in the past, it, I feel like it was kind of sh- a thing that you didn't know, you didn't let your family know. You, you kind of did your own thing. Um, uh, to lowering standards, 10 years ago, we lowered the standard in Connecticut from 21 to 18. Has anyone seen a whole bunch of 18-year-olds just pounding down the door to come in? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, what did we lose when we lowered the, the thing? The last thing an 18-year-old wants to do is to go out twice a month and hang out with a bunch of Exactly. Right. Especially, oh, it's the truth. It's Especially since we still have a, the um, we have a youth uh, group that still does to twenty one. So it's like, why are we? I mean, I personally, I, I think that we shouldn't uh, lower the standards. I believe that the fraternity has its specific standards for a reason, um, and the things that you have to do to progress through the degrees to become a master mason is important. It's, it's self-growth, and I believe that once a, a new petitioner-turned-brother uh, sees that, he should want the best for himself and the best for the Lodge. So I feel that I would personally rather have 75 really good brothers who care than 150 who just got pushed through. That's my now, personal opinion. In my opinion, I don't think they should make... It easier to become a mason on the contrary I think they should make it harder and I'll explain why and hopefully it'll make sense okay. what do you appreciate more something you get for free or something you had to work your ass off for mm-hmm. and I'll make an example all my life the only thing I wanted growing up and you know I said I'm gonna own a Mercedes-Benz now granted this is back in the day I said, I want a Mercedes-Benz. That's what I want. Again, I was a single guy working my ass off at a lumberyard. Only thing I wanted was a Mercedes-Benz. And I worked my ass off. I went to work every day. I, I did two jobs, actually. I was working for, I think, a lumber company. I was working for a, a installing in-ground pools. But I never lost that sight in mind that that's what I wanted. And I worked my ass off, and I appreciated it. And I took care of this thing. And I made sure you could have eaten off the floor of this car. It was beautiful. No, I didn't. Kids. This was my... Maybe less? No, no. I, 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 I love this car. Eventually, it just got old. It was a 96. It was 2000 when I bought it. Or what year was it? It was... Uh, I don't remember when I bought it. I think it was... Oh, Jesus. We're going back some time. Long, yeah. long ass time ago. You 2005 or whatever. Yeah. So this thing had some age. And eventually it just kind of fell apart. But let me tell you, it was black. It was 
beautiful. I love this car. And I washed and waxed and compound that thing damn near every weekend. But because it took me so long to get, I appreciated it that more. How many times have you gotten a car that, you know, it was a hand-me-down? Because everybody's got hand-me-down cars, right? And what did you do? What's the first thing you did? You put the uh, the uh, Mudry's Mooney's freaking uh, guy in the window. You remember that thing? Where you used to squeeze the thing and his ass would pop down? Or the little mannequin you you're stuck in a window? Yourself. You're dating yourself. <laughs> yeah. Very much. You're dating yourself right but, there. And what did you do with that clunker car? You drove that shit off-road, slammed it into everything you possibly could, played mailbox baseball with it, and raised hell with this thing. Why? Because it was a hand-me-down from either your dad or your mother or your grandfather or your, your uncle. or It was a hand-me-down, and you didn't give a shit about it. You appreciated it more because you had to work your ass off for it. And that's that goes with joining the fraternity. That goes with rising through the ranks of the fraternity and, you know, Earning that purple apron is probably one of the best things in Freemasonry I, I absolutely loved. And as well as becoming the Grand Sentinel. Because I worked for it. I wanted it. And I think that if you lower the standards of Freemasonry, you're going to get Masons who don't appreciate it as much. And you're going to basically erode what we are. Well, they like motivation. With, right. with that, on what Perry touched on is... Everything in masonry has meaning. Yes. And if you skip through the degrees or push people through and you, uh, for what they said, lower the standards to becoming a mason, you lose a lot in the meaning behind it and what you learn and the, not for nothing, it, it's one of the oldest, if not the oldest fraternity known to this country. And if anything, the world. And when you lose that, it when you lower the standards, you lose that history behind it, and you lose the knowledge that everyone is not for nothing obligated to learn. Mm -hmm. All right, we're gonna go into one more question. You know, I just have one uh, thing. Got one oh, thing yeah. to add to that. If you come in and you're really want to do it, you're gonna get help to get it done. Yes. Everybody's willing to lend a hand. I think that's why we lose some people that come in all gung ho. They do the first degree, and then we never see them again. But also, like raising the standards. I think it's in Europe. There's one place where you have to wait a year between every degree because they want to make sure you know that backwards, forwards, right, left, center, so you can go on. Yeah, but we also have the instant gratification issue, True. right? So Pennsylvania you know, we got guys that come in and they go through a first degree, and it's like you know what. A million dollars didn't fall on my lap. I don't have a good luxury car because I went through masonry <laughs> and this sucks and then I'm not doing it. Because yeah. it's not giving me anything. In Pennsylvania, they have a one day all three degrees. That's, wow. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a little. That's a little. Again. Not to knock. State by state. I would yeah. love to know, actually, if, that, if that's what they do, that's fine. I would love to know. How many people they get for that? And I would like to know how long do they retain them for? Yeah, and how many they retain them. That's what yeah, I want to know. That's a good I want to know the actual yeah. demographics yeah. of it. That sounds like the old military lodges during World War II and the Revolution. Yeah. Where you'd go through it quick. Because, like, especially before D-Day, they did a lot of people that... Because you didn't know if you were coming back. Listen, I don't know. Uh, you know, everyone here is, you know, pretty much we're all working men. We're all blue-collar guys, mm -hmm. right? We all mm -hmm. go to work. And, um... I'm going to tell you how many guys that I encounter in my everyday life that are like Masons, right? And it's not that many. We're uncommon men. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see Mason material every single place you look. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, this, the, the ones that come out and seek it and want it, you know, they seem to find our lodge, a lodge near them that, that, that works for them. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a group of uncommon men. Um, what do you, what's the last question? You oh, I was question. looking for it actually. Question, I'm looking yeah. for the question, uh, and I can't find it now. It was somebody who wrote in, and I can't even remember what they said. Uh, I really can't even find it. So, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, somebody wrote, since when does an order that exists but doesn't exist start doing podcasts? 
Um, well, there's other podcasts that do Freemasonry. Yeah, Freemasonry has always existed. We've yeah. never denied our existence. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, we're not a secret society. We're not a secret society. We're a society of secrets. And again, the only thing that's secretive that you can't find on the internet, well, even I'm sure you could, is the obligations. And it's more of a promise to each other. You Agreed. take an oath Agreed. to each other and to the craft that you will protect one another and take care of one another and look out for one another and each other's family. And again, I'm not giving the, you know, the, the secrets away or the obligation of it. I'm basically stating that, you know, that's the secret part of it. If you want to know what that, what everything's about, come join us. So, uh, that, I mean, yeah. There's no secret about it. We're here. We we got our signs in our G outside right now. Actually, we hung our sign yeah. for the first Jeff time. Just put the sign up. So. Looks good. <laughs> All right. So two things I want to do. Number one, I want to thank everyone who uh, has liked the Freemasons podcast page. I want to thank everyone who's uh, uh, rated or reviewed us uh, and actually has even listened to the podcast. Uh, again, you could also... Slide over to Morningstar Lodge's Facebook page and Instagram. The Instagram one's fairly new, as well as the podcast. But I want to thank everyone who supports us and listens to us. And please, like us, share us. And again, as I said before, you know, give us some feedback. Uh, in Apple Podcasts, I think, is the only one I can really get reviews and ratings. I've, I've checked other ones, and I can't find if there's a uh, uh, ratings and, and reviews. But uh, please... Uh, so what do we want to talk about next time? Anything we want to go over? What's on the list? I Name it. Goats. The sky is the limit. I've already covered goats. <laughs> you and the goats. Um, what are we thinking? We want to get into this Oak Island thing? Or, no, I think before we get into Oak Island, we got to get into the Knights Templar Freemason connection. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. Or symbology, I was thinking. I was thinking One of the if, two. if you're going to go into Oak Island, you have to give... Uh, at least, and I know you have tons of experience, a Knights Templar background as far as We how... could do three or four podcasts alone. Where on do you want to go, Jay? Um, to the barn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that we're, we're not going to be able to keep you unless we let you do the Knights Templar. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm actually fine with whatever you want. Let's uh, Templar. You want to talk about Templar? And, uh, yes. Which that, direction do we want to go in first? Up. All right. you know, so everybody has a basic understanding um, of the do a lot of different things with that. I'll and, tell you, what, it also <laughs> touches off on you, a lot of things. You had the open meeting that we did where you discussed your whole Knights Templar mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. else, and I'll tell you right now, my uh, my girlfriend went to that meeting, and it was one of these where she said exactly that. It, she didn't know as much as you divulged. She didn't realize that how they were affiliated and everything else. She heard of the Knights Templar before she'd heard of the Freemasons. Right. And it's only the tip of the iceberg. And that's knows. exactly it. That's why I think wholeheartedly it should be a Knights Templar before we even touch on Oak Island. Does that mean we have fun. to wear our regalia? I ain't wearing that shit. That that Knight Templar <laughs> uniform yeah, you. is, yeah, yeah, takes yeah. your breath away. All right. So I think uh, we can wrap this one up, fellas. Um, what do you think, brothers? That's it. That's All it. right. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank Again, you. I am uh, Brother George Mudry, and we got uh, Brother Jim Rafferty. Brother Daniel Hernandez. Brother Rocco. Brother James. Brother Perry. Brother Mike Messner. And thank you all for listening.